welcome back to But Why the Podcast, and today we are talking about the Familia again. We're revisiting Fast and the Furious. As always, I'm Kate, and here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and Matt. Hello. And we have a special guest to come talk about the family. Nico. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. And uh, I'm doing Adam. the whole recording like this. <laughs> um yeah i don't really need to say it but adrian's leading this episode so take it away (laughs) uh yeah so we're revisiting the fast and furious um franchise spin-off franchise thing that involves fast and furious things because it's becoming just like this crazy monster at this point um, but it's a revisit from episode 16, I believe. So another pretty early on one. And we kind of just like talked about the movies and like the family, but we really didn't talk too much about like the production history of the series or now more interesting than ever than ever, like the, uh, background drama stuff, um, between not just like the rock, but like Michelle Rodriguez and things like that. So with the success I mean, I guess it's not done going yet, and it hasn't made as much money as I guess they thought it was going to be. But like with the success of Hobbs and Shaw, uh, that'd be a good idea to kind of revisit and then bring on another guest for it. Um, so, there's intro questions are really easy for Fast and the Furious. We're just going to ask like, what's your favorite Fast and the Furious movie? Kind of like how we did last time, and then go from there. So, uh, Kate, Tokyo Drift. It's the best one. That's all I gotta say. It's my favorite. I love it. I know his accent's terrible. Don't at me. I know it, but it's the best one. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Matt? Um, considering I've only seen like four of these monstrosities, um, probably go with probably the original one, The Fast and the Furious from two thousand and one. Back when it was just about cars and not whatever the hell it's about now it's never been about the cars and that's what i want to talk about today because <laughs> cars are always just been a background <laughs> thing it was, it was only about the cars for like one movie uh that movie <laughs> <laughs> and even then it was still always about the familia uh what about you nico uh i mean i mean i've only seen like a couple of them uh but i i know about them uh but I don't know. I think my favorite one has to be the most recent one, the uh, the Hobbs and Shaw uh, side movie. Uh, it's one of the most absurd movies that I've ever seen in my life. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it has uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, one of my favorite wrestlers. And, uh, yeah, it's just funny. And, yeah, I had a good time watching it. So, yeah. So, basically, we have Kate, who likes the one movie that doesn't fit in, Nico, who likes the spinoff, and I just like the original. We're off to a great start. <laughs> hey, we're doing great. And we're it's basically turning into, like, retired WWE superstar franchise at this point, too, which is... Basically, yeah. A point we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, for me, I... I still really like Fast Five. I think Fast Five gives you everything you need. There's some street racing in that one. There's some heist stuff in that one. There's some fighting in that one. 
uh yeah and being the transitional movie i think it's like the best of both worlds so i think fast five is my favorite and when you mean transition you mean like when it like when it starts going to like the their superheroes yeah and we'll talk about that like a lot of the stuff that happens <laughs> and i really didn't mean on, on the last time we, we we did this um it was just after fast uh, fate of the furious uh so we just really kind of talked about like the movies and like the actors and stuff but we didn't do like any real production history but doing the kind of setup for this episode usually you know we talk about the production history first before the but why those but the production history for this one is kind of is about why though in and of itself because the transition was pretty intentional and it wasn't just like all right now we're superheroes like they really did try to like do a transitional phase when things didn't work like sorry kate like when tokyo drift almost sent it into like they're not going to do these hey, things hey, anymore uh i have a reason for that because tokyo <laughs> drift is essentially shot for shot initial d so that's why which is initial d was a drifting anime a car anime yeah and then live action yeah it makes sense yeah so yeah well, well we'll get into it a little bit um so like from last time if you did not listen to episode 16 um but why those mainly it's makes a bunch of money at the moment it's the seventh highest grossing movie franchise at 5.1 billion might be a, might be a little bit over that now with the was the second third weekend of Hobbs and Shaw out now it's it's probably going to catch x-men for number six because Hobbs and Shaw is doing pretty well I think Hobbs and Shaw is at like 400 million or something like that at the moment worldwide if I'm not mistaken um we also talked about paul walker and his relationship with racing culture and its impact on fast and the furious we talked about the diversity in the cast the portrayals of men and women and then of course the focus on family is mainly what we talked about and then today we'll be talking about kind of production history um and its impact on the franchise as well as kind of like the underlying things that might not let this franchise keep going as it is and it might just turns into the rock being a superhero like this might be his transitional movie to be like Black Adam or something crazy. Who knows? Question. He did tweet out. He did tweet out. He did tweet at the uh, the Walking Dead creators because they liked Hobbs and Shaw, and he's like, "Well, we're gonna come to your franchise." Like jokingly, of course. But jokingly, <laughs> but is he really? Because the Rock so finds franchises and gets in them. Yeah, yeah. So That's like, so I mean, jokingly, is but the franchise any better though? Um. <laughs> Yeah, it that's just like what you mean by rock. like better. I mean, do they make him make a lot of money? Because Jumanji made a buttload of money. Jumanji was fresh. But yeah, but I, I thought mean... it was fine. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. What were you gonna say, Nico? No, I was just gonna say that, like, yeah, but like all of his like like films that he's done on his own, like Sky Skyscraper, or Sky. I don't. I don't even know what it's called. Or like that other Rampage. film that was. Yeah, or like the other movie where it was like based off of based off of a video game that was supposed to start something. Like, I don't know. I give anything that I've learned about The Rock is just that he does not do well on his own. But like when he's with someone or with like an ensemble, it's more like he manages to sort of carry it forward, or maybe not carry it forward, but at least like those movies do a lot better. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. I mean, I also think, like, the rundown and, like, 
movies like those dumb movies i think are still pretty good well, too. I, I, but I also just have, like uh, there's like a there's 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 a different rock now that exists than there was when he first started his acting career like i think there's like eras of the rock i think it's safe to say yeah and like his, yeah now we're just like an f you like i do what i i do what i want because i'm the rock exactly. territory which is what we're going to get into <laughs> a little bit later on because like <laughs> When multiple people have beef with you in like a franchise thing, it might not be the other people. As <laughs> is what I'm. Before we go any further, though, are we going to talk about how awesome the Japanese names are first, as well? Uh, yes. Um, so <laughs> again, like last time in our intro section, I basically gave like a brief synopsis of the movies, which we're going to do again, just in case like you don't remember or whatever the case is. And then I'll be giving all of the Japanese titles for the movies, including Hobbs and Shaw. Um, that one got yeah. Too? Yeah, it did. They're all going to get them, and they're all pretty good. So we'll just jump into it just real quick. And uh, again, starting with the production history, The Fast and the Furious, The Fast and The Furious, not Fast and Furious, because that's a that whole other movie. Crap out of me. Yeah, it does. Um, and I'm glad they just do like Fast, like Fast and Furious franchise, and not like The Fast and The Furious franchise presents Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, I don't know, just the, <laughs> <You> don't, <laughs> the extra does. Don't want to write out that long name every time. <laughs> No, no, I didn't even want to do it in my review. <laughs> um, <laughs> in 2001, and the Japanese title title for the first movie is Wild Speed, uh, and you'll get you'll <laughs> you'll find a theme in the Japanese titles, which are m more clever than the American titles. Uh, it's director, directed by Rob Cohen. Um, you may know him from Dragon Heart, Stealth, Triple X with Vin Diesel, and surprisingly, The Boy Next Door. Which I forgot about. <laughs> Premises like super simple. Undercover cop Brian O'Connor, played by Paul Walker, is trying to infiltrate the street racing world in California to stop a series of 18-wheeler hijackings. Brian gets in the Familia, led by Dom Toretto, Vin Diesel, and his girlfriend, Letty, Michelle Rodriguez. Brian falls for Dom's sister, Mia, um... Jordana Brewster, and in the end they find out that the family does the hijackings, and he has to, like, basically, you know, stop them. Um... All this stuff happens. It was made two hundred and seven million on a thirty-eight million dollar budget, so pretty, you know, modest movie at the time. Uh, and the creation of what this whole franchise starts in the early two thousands, um, like they, the turnaround for this movie was pretty quick. Like they like come up with the idea, and then they did it. You know, Paul Walker had rip, wrapped up filming the Skulls. I've never seen the movie, and I've never even heard I of this have. movie. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that the one about like the undercover or not the undercover, it's, the underground like society yes, thing? It's based on like yes. some of the secret societies that like actually do exist at Ivy League colleges. They're like yep. ultra skeevy, creepy brats. Yeah, I passed on this one. It ain't good. <laughs> 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 he did that movie with Rob Cohen. Uh, and then Rob Cohen had secured a deal with producer Neil H. Moritz for an untitled action film for Universal and approached Walker for the idea of his dream action movie with basically Paul Walker suggesting a mashup of Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise, which is a NASCAR movie from the 90s, and Donnie Brasco with Al Pacino and Johnny Depp, which is basically a 1970 crime drama. So they kind of just, that's what he wanted to do from the start, just to smash them together. Well, that's what Walker wanted to do. Um... Uh, Conan Moritz brought Walker a Vibe magazine, and we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but 
1998 and is basically detailing the underground street racing in New York and suggested that they just basically redo Point Break, but like with this plot of the movie. <laughs> and Paul Walker immediately jumps on it and they actually had to purchase the rights from for The Fast and the Furious from a film in 1995 or 1955. And then they basically just went forward with it, which is like also leads me to believe like, why did you just make it Fast and Furious? To begin with, not have to go through like getting the rights from a film from 1955. Oh yeah, but... just drop the thes and totally skirt yeah. copyright law. Yeah, I think that would have been easier, but whatever. So Walker signs on basically once like the magazines dropped in front of him, and Timothy Oliphant was originally supposed to play Dominic Toretto, but he declined because of how well 60 Gone in 60 Seconds did, and as a result, they went with Vin Diesel based mainly off of his, his performance from Pitch Black in 2000 um but only came on after some script changes which is reportedly like the stuff about family and things so it wasn't just like a street racing crime movie it was like a street racing crime movie with family is basically like why he signed on and you know almost immediately started making changes to the scripts which he's um ought to do like later on in the franchise then you have too fast too furious which personally is one of my favorite names of a movie Mainly because the song with Ludacris is really good. Um, <laughs> I think I think I like the twos. I like the twos better than I like the thes. I think they're <laughs> better addition. And this is in 2003. And then the Japanese title for this movie was Wild Speed X2 or Times Two. I'm not really sure. Two. Well, usually if it's Time Two, the two would be before the X. So no, that would be two times. Well, Wild Speed Two Times does <laughs> have a nice ring to it too. It does. Uh, this one was directed by john singleton who did boys in the hood and the premise of this one uh brian o'connor paul walker's character is now living in miami and no longer a cop after he let dom vin diesel's character go at the end of the first movie and he's basically back to street racing with his friends primarily tej who's played by ludicrous um, because of reasons, Brian has to team up with Roman Pierce, played by the great, great Tyrese <laughs> and Monica, <laughs> who is, uh, played by Eva Mendez to take down Judd Lord Cartel, Carter Verone, played by Cole Hauser. This one, uh, made 236 million on a seven, $76 million budget. So up the budget cost and didn't see the real gains in the financial aspect of it. I think this movie's fine. Uh, one of my favorite lines of the entire movie is when Tyrese says, like I said, we hungry. Uh, just it's because his character... Ejecto Cito? because is also really good. Uh, I like Tyrese's character in the, in the movies a whole lot. Just because his dumb one-liners. Um, so, it doesn't make... A lot of the changes to the script really happened because Vin Diesel doesn't want to come back to do the second movie because he thought that the script overall just wasn't as good. So he went on to go do Triple X with Rob Cohen as director. And this led to a whole bunch of things. So like it led to the movie being delayed, but they brought in John Singleton as the director, which allowed for Tyrese Gibson to come in because he they'd worked together on Baby Boy. And basically, because like Ludacris is in it, and it's supposed to be like you know a different kind of vibe, they moved it the production to Miami. So it caused the movie to be delayed a little bit, but you know it allowed us to get Ejecto Cito Cuz, which you know 
I think I think that's a good trade off. Uh, I do want to say I it had been years since I seen this movie, and I just realized I had never seen the movie uncut. Um, but this last Christmas, when Matt's family came over, we for some reason we just had family bonding time over watching the first three Fast and the Furious movies, <laughs> and it was actually yeah. pretty fun, and the laughing was great. Yeah. Um... <laughs> it's just... This movie's just dumb. It's real dumb. <laughs> it's all real dumb. Get that out there. It's all real dumb. I did and three it's years, Brian. Three years. <laughs> What's up, Nico? No, I was just gonna say that it's weird that I didn't know that there was an uncut version. Well, no, I mean like uh like I've only ever watched it on like TNT. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I only okay. ever watched it on TNT, and then I got to watch it like not edited on Netflix for the first time uh, this past winter. <laughs> yeah. This one for sure was on all the time yes. on TNT and TBS, like, constantly. And it always, it always made me sad because I always wanted to watch the first one, but they only ever played this one. Yeah. I'm going to say because Tyrese and Eva Mendez, maybe? Or maybe more because of Eva Mendez? Maybe. Who knows? Possibly. But I know FX played uh, the first, still plays the first one a lot. Yeah. So in 2006, we get Kate's favorite movie, The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, or probably like the least, the least, you know, pleasing title for Japan, Wild Speed 3 in 2006. Also known as an and this, uh, initial D. <laughs> <laughs> <Ten years>. <laughs> <laughs> this one is directed by Justin Lin who would go on to direct the next three movies. Uh, he's done, obviously, like a bunch of stuff, but at the time when I did these notes two years ago, Star Trek Beyond like was one of his biggest things. Um, for the premise of this movie, Sean Boswell, played by Louis Black, lives in Japan with his father, who is in the military. He comes friends with Twinkie, little Bow Wow. I forgot his name was Twinkie. He, oh, wow. I forgot his name was Twinkie, too. <laughs> <laughs> Reading that is hilarious. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in forever. Twinkie. I don't remember them ever and... Now I'm just like picturing Lewis or uh, Lucas Black saying Twinkie with that terrible accent. Oh, Come on, Twinkie. I remember them saying this name though. <laughs> like I feel like I should remember this. Um and his friend Han Sung Kang, who helps navigate the world of drifting in Tokyo and leads to an official conflict with the nephew of the head of the Yakuza uh, known as the Drift King. And then Vin Diesel makes a cameo at the very end of the movie. Surprisingly, this movie had an $85 million budget but only made $150 million, $158 million. Um, For this one, Universal tried to bring back Diesel for the third installment, but he again he declined uh, due to other projects, he's you know doing Chronicles of Riddick, et cetera, et cetera. You know the pacifier, uh, and he also didn't, he, <laughs> he also didn't like the script either. So as a result, uh, Universal or basically ordered a reboot of the franchise and attempts to revive the series primarily for car enthusiasts with new characters, focus on car related subcultures, and moving the series to Tokyo. The third movie was the least financially successful. And received a lukewarm and was had a lukewarm reception. 
and basically left the franchise in limbo. Like Universal almost just went to the direct DVD route for the rest of the franchise, just to like pump out the movies. Um, but Universal convinced Diesel to come back for a small surprise cameo with Tokyo Drift. Um, and in return for the appearance, Diesel wasn't paid. Uh, however, Universal did give him the rights to the Riddick franchise, oh, really? basically for that little cameo, which I thought was like a nice little... I mean, yeah. that's not... You come in, he's, you know, for five seconds, and you get the rights to the entire franchise that you really like doing, so... I will say my favorite thing about Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift is that Han's name is Han Solo. It's Han yeah. Solo. Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it's just really funny because I think they expected this to do well in Japan, but like based on like what they focus it on. But uh, when I my other podcast and we did we did a watch and review of Initial D. Um, a lot of the guys, like the car guys and stunt coordinators from Initial D actually worked on Tokyo Drift and that was purposeful, um, because they wanted it to, they wanted to replicate it very bad. Um, so I'm not just meeting me yeah. when I say it's a, it's a rip of Initial D, but I love it. So <laughs> that, that says. Yeah, we, when, when Stefani and I went. We tried to like find like we like we googled we did all this stuff to kind of find like where this subculture was at in Tokyo and we found nothing. And I was kind of sad. I kind of wanted to just go. Yeah, because it's go. I love that song, man. That song is, <laughs> that song slaps. Um, but no, it was mostly like it was mostly like boxy van cars and people on bikes. <laughs> Almost the entire time we were in Tokyo. Um, so after seeing a huge response from a film, from like Diesel's appearance in the movie, uh, the studio basically handed Diesel a large amount of creative control to basically, you know, save it from going direct to DVD route, um, to make a bunch of D movies. So what uh, made them think that Diesel could bring it back from going that way? My point is why they keep wanting to make these movies as well. Which is kind of the same question in sense of what assume, Kate said. Well, never mind. I was gonna say I would assume Bloomhouse logic, but that wouldn't make sense because these are very expensive movies. Um, I'm not really sure like why they why they wanted to keep doing it because they just weren't making as much money. You know, anymore. Like if you look at the box office mojo, like this movie's a killer franchise, but like basically after Fast Five, like Fast oh. Five and on. Um, but I think that because of how well you know, like Chronicles of Riddick and things like that were received. Were they received? Well, I don't know. I think that's another one of those movies where, like, people tell me they don't like it. And I'm like, what? That movie's amazing. Um, and, you know, he's coming off of, like, Triple X and stuff. So I think they just thought, you know, we'll give him one more shot and we'll see what happens, I guess is, like, the thought there. Instead of just making it go direct to, direct to DVD, maybe? I'm not sure. Now that I'm thinking I about it. I mean, from the looks of things, I just pulled up the Chronicles and Riddick really quickly. It's a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm assuming that not, that not a lot of people liked it, but I don't know. Well, those 29% of people can be my friend, and then everyone else can. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember one of them was good and one of them was bad. Outside uh, of Pitch Black. I mean, some people don't like Riddick because they try to like blend Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick together. Uh, but he also like hangs out with his his alien dog for most of the movie. Uh, that's the one he sa- that's the one he saves. Yeah, 
Okay, now I remember which one that one is. I didn't really care for that one too much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so then we have... Um, then they start dropping the thes and just go fast and furious for the fourth movie in 2009. And the title for the Japanese title for this one is Wild Speed Max, but it's M A X all caps because that's how you know that it's Max. And this one again, just directed by Justin Lin. And the premise of this one, it's basically kind of the reboot to the reboot, I guess. <laughs> um, because five years after the first film, the family are in the Dominican Republic, hijack feeling tankers because they're basically like still on the run from the first, what happened in the first movie. Police pressure forces the family to split up. Months later, Dom's sister Mia tells him that Letty has been killed. No, you can't kill Letty. And then the rest of the movie follows Dom trying to find out who did it, which makes him run into Brian, who's now working for the FBI, who's trying to bring down the same guy. Um, yeah, it's not, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's not, not a terrible movie. It, but also like follows that same trend of where I believe this one made 300 million, I guess. So like the trend is starting to go back up, but it's still on like that $85 million budget. Okay. So you're not making, you're not seeing like serious gains, but this is, you know, starting to go back to the profitable route for the franchise. Um, and basically like Diesel, like while he wasn't doing the Fast and the Furious franchise, and I guess like as we saw, Chronicles were at 29%, The Pacifier, Find Me Guilty, are not doing super great. Oh, I forgot and... Find Me Guilty. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically, Universal approaches him to revive the franchise with the old family. And now that I'm thinking about it, like they might have like approached him to do it because if you look at it, you know, the first Fast and the Furious movie does really well. He's in the movie. He had some creative input on it. It does well. Second movie doesn't do as well. Third movie almost tanks the franchise. So I guess like the logical thing is if you want to give it another go, you bring back the guy who made changes to your scripts to make your first movie yeah. good, I'd imagine. That makes sense. Uh, Walker was initially reluctant to rejoin the franchise after six years, but Diesel assured him that the film would be considered the first true sequel. Considered, And the, this movie is considered a soft reboot. Um, as emphasis on car culture was toned down, the fourth movie, Fast and Furious, was unilaterally commercial success. Um, although the critical reception was mixed, it reinvigorated the franchise um, as well as like kind of the star power of Diesel and Walker. Then you have the big one, Fast Five in 2011, which its Japanese title is Wild Speed, all caps, Mega Max. <laughs> <laughs> which is a good one <laughs> uh again directed by justin lynn so the premise of this one unable to go back to the u.s dom brian and mia plan to steal 100 million dollars from the corrupt brazilian businessman to do this dom and brian bring in some extra help vince from the first movie tej and roman from too fast too furious Han from tokyo drift uh and fast and the furious giselle played by gal gadot uh, Leo and Santos from the fourth movie, and it's basically like the new family tries to pull off the heist, all while being chased by Hobbs, who's played by The Rock, who's trying to arrest them. Is this the Saying that all in one thing, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this this is not the this is not the uh, cast flex. Yeah. 
but this is the one where now that I'm like reading out that again, I'm like, man, they just brought everyone back for this movie and then added on more pieces. I'm surprised this movie um, made so much money. Which obviously, I'm assuming this is when they retcon the entire Han thing since he dies in Tokyo Drift. Oh, right. It's not yeah. retcon because this is supposed to take place. Bef- like, yeah. this is supposed to lead him to going to Tokyo because he's hiding yeah. out in Tokyo. Fast the- and we know he's hiding oh. out. Okay, my bad. Instead of retcon, they prequel the entire thing now all of a sudden. Yeah. Which, uh, this doesn't make sense because what year is Tokyo Drift supposed to be happening? That's what so I'm saying. Like it has to be written the way it well, makes sense to, with Dom Toretto in the end of Tokyo Drift. Well, it's Tokyo Drift happens in between six and seven. Okay. Because that's when, like you said, um, Han is like doing his own thing in between six and seven. Okay. Yeah. So the timeline's a little weird, but that's what happens when like you make three movies that aren't really connected together, and then you try to like bring everything back. To one thing. They, yeah. It makes me feel like they should have just thrown out those movies, I guess. But then, like, I guess we wouldn't have the <clears throat> family as it stands if they threw out anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then you wouldn't get the possibility of them bringing in uh, Lewis Black or Lucas Black eventually. <laughs> as I do. Eventually, in my... scene at the end of Tokyo Drift is going to come <laughs> to fruition. Yeah. It's going to matter. So. Diesel. Oh, so then this movie made like six hundred million dollars, I believe. Yeah, six hundred million on a. No, that that's just kidding. This one made. Yeah, six hundred million on a hundred twenty-five million dollar budget. So now we're seeing a lot bigger gains financially. And Diesel felt that the story between the characters portrayed by himself and Walker should continue, envisioning basically it as a involved like envisioning like as it as three chapters where fast five would be the last kind of chapter in that relationship and diesel also wanted to bring back a variety of characters that had been in the previous films um to basically go have like a lot of fun making the movie and then while developing the film universally universal wholeheartedly departed from the street racing theme prevalent in the previous movies to transform the franchise into a heist series that involves cars by doing so they hoped to attract a wider audience that might otherwise be put off by the heavy emphasis on cars and car culture fast five is considered a the transitional film in the series uh, featuring really only one car race and giving more attention to the action set pieces big gunfights brawls and the heist and the fact that they drug a Big ass safe through Brazil, and of course they added the Rock, which is seen as a big thing, and we'll kind of play into some of the beefy stuff that we talk about later. So I do uh, have a question here, though. Yes. So Nico, you said obviously you were a big fan of the Rock. So is this kind of like when you kind of start getting involved in the franchise here per se? Because obviously you said you haven't seen them all, but I'm assuming this is kind of like like what their goal was. I'm assuming kind of brought you here. Um, oh no, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I watched some of of the of the previous movies before The Rock came in. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was really into the series, uh, trying to get me into them, and I just could not get into them whatsoever. Like, I did not care about car culture or any of those movies. But yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Once The Rock came in, I was a hundred percent on board. 
So is it just the rock, or did you like this whole? Because obviously you mentioned you were in a car culture. Did you like that they moved? I guess to this whole absurdity of action heist <laughs> that's over the top and makes no damn sense. And, but yes. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, like I grew up watching movies like. Uh, well, I mean, I don't really know if the Terminator would would uh, follow under like absurdity, but like those kind of movies are like. Uh, a bunch of like old eighties, nineties action movies that just made no sense. So yeah, that's why that's another big reason why I uh I gave the series another try. Well there we go. Yeah, looks like it worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so like they, they basically wanted to do something in the vein of like the Italian job, the French connection and things like that. Universal Chairman Adam Fogelson had said the question putting Fast Five and Fast Six together for us was can we take it out of being a pure car culture movie and into being a true action franchise in the spirit of those great heist films made 10 or 15 years ago. So again, like a very intentional transition, not just like, okay, now they're superheroes. Um, they wanted to like make the transition to, again, attract a wider audience and you know make more money at the end of the day, which worked because it made twice as much money as the movie before it. And it, that just keeps on going. When you look at fast and furious six, um, which again, gets you weird titling like fast and furious six. Is there the, why isn't it just called fast six? Who knows? I don't understand. Like Vin Diesel has all this input, but I don't know why he doesn't have an input on like the titling of the movies. So, but the, I do have a question. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Say the yes. Japanese name first. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. So the Japanese title is Wild Speed Euro Mission. <laughs> so because of these Japanese titles, I, I am curious, and I don't know if you'll have an answer, but like I am curious as to how fast the Fast and the Furious franchise kind of like sits within Japanese culture. And it, it could just be a translation thing, but, like, the Japanese titles are great, but they're great because they sound like those terrible B-movie titles, like Velocipaster. Like, yeah. and so for me, I'm wondering, I mean, I'm not saying people here in the U.S. take it seriously, but, like, I wonder how, if they're marketed as, like, insane B-movie things versus, like, I mean, I wouldn't say they're marketed like that here. But I, I'm just curious as to what the how they fit in, just by just based on title naming, because I love it so much, and I think I love it because it reminds me of, um, what do you call it? Uh, like B movie titles. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know that like Japan, like this is like what Japan does with with movies that it gets. It changes the titles. I think Infinity War didn't have like necessarily the same, or one of like the Marvel movies didn't have the necessarily the same title. But I think it is just like a marketing thing because Wild Space Euro Mission sounds cooler than Fast and Furious Six. <laughs> um, and I think it's just really just a marketing thing. And movies are pretty big in Japan. Uh, it's like done Japan and all of them actually only the reason carry this franchise is still around at this point because the actual uh, domestic gross is really like way lower. I think it's more so China just because of size because obviously we haven't got to it yet but i believe when we get to the fast eight like it made a billion but like 800 million came from like overseas uh i mean i don't know i i, I like to see like the, the the japanese numbers for it but again i think it's you know china carries most of the money okay. in a lot of these franchises um in general 
But yeah, to your to your point, Kate, I'm not really sure. I I would like to see what other like movie franchises like. Does Mission Impossible have the same kind of titles? Oh, as no. Yeah, that might be something to look into because I'm also like not super sure. Hmm. But Fast and the Furious Six did make seven hundred and eighty-eight million, um, and two hundred and thirty-eight million of that was domestic, and then of course the other five hundred and fifty million or so comes from uh, the rest of the world. But its budget, close, a little, you know, again, bigger movie, more stuff, more mud, more money for the budget, one hundred and sixty million dollar budget. And in late 2011, the Los Angeles Times reported that Universal was approaching the sixth and seventh installment with a single storyline running through both films, with Chris Morgan envisioning themes of freedom and family, but later shifted to account for the studio's wishes to incorporate elements of espionage. So moving away from, uh, so starting to like use heist, but now to go more like spy thriller things, that's what the... That's what Universal wanted, so he tried to like incorporate that as good as as much as he could. Um, on December twentieth in two thousand eleven, Diesel stated that Fast Six would be split into two parts, with the writing of the first with, with the writing of the two films happening at the same time. Once the on that decision, Vin Diesel said, "We have to pay off this story. We have to service all of these character relationships." And when we started mapping it all out, that it just it just went beyond 110 pages. The studio says you can't fit all that story in one damn movie. So that's why they split the movie into two, essentially. And Dwayne Johnson stated that the two intended sequels would no longer be filmed simultaneously like they wanted to do. Like they wanted to have them two movies, but film everything all at once. But they couldn't because of weather issues and filming locations. And the and they basically had to push back the production of Fast 7, which creates a whole like mess of issues for Furious 7 and that we'll talk about here in a second. But, you know, and I guess this makes sense because 2011 does have, or 2011, 2013, you know, 14 has a lot of those like, you know, Mockingjay Part 1, yeah. but also Part 2. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that they, that's what they, what they tried to do for these two movies. Um... I also like the Japanese titles because, like, they just tell you what you're gonna get. Because <laughs> I don't think I, I don't even think I read the premise for Fast and Furious Six, but the family is now retired from heist and street racing shenanigans, but are still fugitives. They are approached by Hobbs, the Rock's character, who offers uh, a chance to clear their records in exchange for helping them take down a mercenary organization led by Owen Shaw, played by Luke Evans. They accept it, but little do they know, Letty played by Michelle Rodriguez, and Dom's girlfriend, who they thought died in the fourth movie, is working with Owen Shaw. So, and he's, uh, oh, the Sh- Owen Shaw is British, so Wild Space Euro Mission is pretty, you know, to, to, <laughs> to what you're going to get. Which makes sense for Furious 7. No, no ands, no fast, just Furious 7 in 2015. And this movie in Japan is called Wild Speed Sky this Mission. <laughs> this is the one we went and saw, right? Yeah, this is the one we saw where they jumped out of an airplane. And I, I like, think like, like cried in the movie theater. This one, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is this one. Okay. This one is directed by James Wan, uh, who Kate can tell us does a lot of horror stuff and continues the uh, trend of horror directors just like killing it in other franchises. He 
established he, two genres in his short filmmaking career or subgenres. And led Fast and the Furious to make $1.5 billion. <laughs> Jesus. Around the world. Is that that's just from this movie, correct? Yeah, that's from just that's just this movie. So did he make it or was it the death? Oh, it's that's um that's I think it I I think it's him because this movie made a billion dollars foreign. I think if it was Paul Walker, it would have... I, I would imagine the domestic would have been higher. Because the domestic was only like 300 and something million for this movie. Okay. Because I know when I... When it, anytime anybody's ever talked about this movie, they talk about like, oh, death, I want to go see this because of the send-off and everything else. Yeah, I mean, the send-off Same. is great, but he also... Uh, Flexes out of cast. cast. Oh no, she's flexed out of cast. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the one where they, you know, yeah, Vin Diesel is... drives through uh, oh, right. different this is building buildings. Yeah, no, right. well, that's that's the that's the previous one. Okay. Uh, but this is the one where like he drives through like the buildings with the Ferrari. Yeah, Ronda Rousey had Ronda Rousey somehow loses to Michelle Rodriguez, which would. We're supposed yeah, to believe I that. I love Michelle yeah. uh, There ain't no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is the one where they throw them out of the airplane with parachutes, which I imagine, which is why you get Sky Mission for this. But the family is now living normal lives until Deckard Shaw, who's played by Jason Th Jason Jason Statham, Jason Th Jason Statham, who is Owen Shaw's brother from the previous movie. He shows up and starts hunting down the family. Han in Tokyo Drift dies. Uh, Han dies in Tokyo Drift, and we think it's just like a random accident during a chase scene, but it was actually Decker Shaw who orchestrated the event. It connects the cameos at the end of Tokyo Drift. They are approached by Mr. Nobody, who's played by Kurt Russell, who is part of an off-the-books government organization uh, who wants to help him find God's Eye, basically a device that helps you find anywhere in the world with movie science. In exchange, like they'll let them use it to find Deckard Shaw, so they the family can get revenge and such. So I do want to say, like, there has to be another reason as to why. I mean, uh, other than Furious Seven and Aquaman, James Wan movies don't make money overseas, and they barely make money in the U.S. So, like, this isn't dissing James Wan's like ability to direct in this movie, but it is really interesting because it's not like he has a large base elsewhere. Like, his every movie that he's done that isn't Furious 7 or Aquaman that he's directed doesn't even break $50 million. Um, I want to say, thinking about it, I think just because of the success of the sixth movie and how much money that one made, I think that people got excited to go see the movies again. Okay. And that made people show up. And I, the Paul Walker thing obviously helps. Um, it's, it's really well... I, I actually thought this movie was really fun. This movie yeah. is awful. <laughs> like, I heard, heard my head. You're just, awful. And absurdity. You don't, like, you don't like fun. Oh, oh! I, I lost my goddamn mind once the rock busted out of that cast. I lost my goddamn mind. It just, it was crazy. Yeah, like this is, I don't know. This is a good one. I enjoyed this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun one. I think it's really fun. But Furious 7 is the highest grossing movie that James Wan has ever directed. 
yeah, one point five billion is nothing to be upset no, that's about. A, that's a lot of money. And also, that yeah. was uh, what I said for James Wan numbers. That was just U.S. wise, um, worldwide. Of yeah, he still doesn't make over. He he his highest movie after after those two is three hundred twenty million, with his lowest yeah and the. And and the success of this movie is like even crazier considering that all that went on during its production. Because like I said in the for the previous movie, they didn't do they didn't film them back to back, so things had to be changed around and it just created a whole bunch of like, you know domino effects. So Universal basically lacked a major event movie for 2014. So they quickly rushed Furious Seven into production as soon as they can, as soon as they could after Furious Six. And as a result, Jamie, Jeremy Lin decided not to return to direct the seventh film um, as he was still in post-production for Furious 6, or Fast and Furious 6. So pre-production began in mid-2013. However, during filming, Paul Walker died in a single vehicle crash on November 30th, 2013, which only had the film half-completed at that point. Following Walker's death, filming was delayed for screen strippery rights, and his brothers, Caleb and Cody, were hired as stand-ins to complete the remaining scenes. So, you know, don't have don't have the same director, you don't have um the same basically the same team making the movie. You have one of your titular actors in, in the movie die, and you're still able to come together, have a great send-off for Paul Walker, which is amazing, and make one point five billion dollars. With a horror director leading your movie. Then we have Fate of the Furious, which is one of my favorite titles because it starts back with the wordplay. Um, so this is the eighth movie, and this one's out in 2017. And the name of this movie in Japan is Wild Speed, Wild Speed Icebreak. And if only for the <laughs> fact that a submarine busts through the ice in this movie, I think is the only reason why it's called Icebreak. But this one is directed by Felix Gray, who did Friday, The Italian Job, and Straight Out of you Compton. F. Gary Gray? Yeah, F. F or Felix Gary Gray. Felix oh, Gary? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 no, no. His name is Felix. He just goes by F. Gary Gray. Oh, I, I don't know why I wrote... I think I wrote F... Yeah, I wrote F. Gary Gray somewhere else. I think I just put Felix Gray because I IMDB had yes. Felix Gray on it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted... I F, was just yeah, like, I'm sorry. pretty sure that's who you're talking... It, it, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like this movie. Um, this one doesn't do as well as Furious 7. Um, I believe this one makes 1.2 billion, so it doesn't do like as but good. It still gets a billion. Uh, this is the one that. This is the one that the discrepancy, which we've known, we've looked at it, where it's like 800, 900 that billion, billion came, or that yeah, the, came from overseas. Like, it was crazy, because, like, I think this movie only made barely any more, little bit, I think, domestically more than, like, Logan for that year. But then, like, when you count overseas, you're like, oh, my gosh, how much money this movie made. Yeah, this one made over a billion um, overseas, but only 226 million domestically. Yeah. Uh, which... I don't know. I think the movie's great. Like Dom actually has some really great moments in this one. Uh, it's not, this isn't the one where he yells like the street winds or some whatever. No, no, that was like it was like like three that movies is, ago. <laughs> oh gosh, that one. Oh, <laughs> like three movies. Oh, oh, that one hurt my head too. Okay. Yeah, but have you seen that fight scene with lightsabers? Oh no. 
They do. They do like the thing where they put like. Yes. They they put like lightsabers over like because they're fighting with like wrenches and stuff, but or like sticks or poles. I don't really know, but they put lightsaber things on it, and it looks kind of cool in like production. I also know that like (laughs) I don't. I'm sure you'll talk about it maybe a little bit with the whole like rock stuff. But I know that Vin Diesel has, like, specific requirements for when he fights The Rock in these movies. Like, it has to be shot so that he looks as tall as him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, oh, but I will yeah. say that, like, there's, like, specific stuff for all of the actors. Like, how much damage they can take. Like, Michelle Rodriguez, like, in their thing. Like, she can only, you know, get beat up so much before she wins kind of thing. Really? So it's not yeah, even just Vin Diesel and The Rock. Like, they all... The, the they all... Guys. They're all... No, there. The, I mean, Jason Statham has, Jason you know, sadly. yeah, Jason Statham has like that kind of thing in, in his thing as well as like, you know, you can only, you can only punch, get punched so many times, which puts us on a whole thing that we'll talk about here um, in a little bit. But Fade the prop Fade the Furious is basically Dom turns his back on the family, which is like, whoa, Dom, why did you turn your back on the family? And then the family finds out why. Uh, yeah. A submarine busts through the ice. The rock throws a torpedo. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh. What? What's her? What's the 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 woman actor? Charlie's Theron. Yeah, Is that how you say her name? Theron. Yeah. Sure. She's she's fantastic in this one. I like her in this one a whole lot. I also think it's either this one or the one before. No, yeah, no, it's the one before that where they basically throw. Um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Uh, Game of Thrones, uh, season eight. She gets her head chopped off at the end and gets like pushed off oh. the, the wall. Oh, Missandei. I don't remember her. Yeah, name. I can't think of her. Like, I can't remember her the actress name. I was just trying to remember it. That's the one like where like they threw her and like they caught her in the thing. They kind oh, of. Was the one that, that they, they uh, create a f- threw her out of the car to catch her in a car with the missile and all the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. I think, no, yeah, I think they, no, that was the last one where they jumped through the window. No, but, yeah. Like, yeah, this one has a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure Michelle Rodriguez, like, kicks someone into, like, a torpedo propeller, I think, is, is the one that she does. I think she does that in this one. It's, 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 it's crazy. But then you also have, like, Dom, like, with his son, and, like, that moment where, like, uh, Theron, like, almost, like, kills her son, and, like, Dom sheds a tear, which we've never seen Dom shed a tear. Uh, so it's kind of crazy. So the toll of directing the movie... With the additional reshoots, dissuaded uh, James Wan from returning for the eighth movie. So they hired F. Gary, F. F. G. Gary, F. Gary, Gary. Gary, Gary Gray. He letter for the first one, but he it's F. Gary Gray. That's, yeah. That's Your name's Felix. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so this film began a new trilogy trilogy of like movies which will end the entire franchise we think maybe uh following the release of furious 7 vin diesel said regarding a possible sequel so like you know thinking about the eighth movie i was trying to keep it close to the vest throughout the release paul walker used to say that an eighth film was guaranteed in some ways when your brother guarantees some things and you sometimes feel like you have to make sure it comes to pass so if fate has it, then you'll get this when you hear about it. Furious 7 was for Paul. The eighth film is from Paul. Aww. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So Martz, also the one of the producers, also said that the film should focus the franchise um, from like again shifting the franchise. This is like the transitional movie of shifting the franchise from heist to a to spy capers, um, similar to that of Fast Five from street racing to heist films. Just like starting a new a new kind of franchise or not a uh, genre for the like last trilogy. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of our eight movies, but we have our spinoffs in 2015. Diesel announced in an interview with Variety that potential spinoffs were in the early stages of development. Originally, the ninth film in the main series was supposed to be released in April 2019, followed by the 10th in April 2021. This caused a lot of controversy because that doesn't happen. Because we get Hobbs and Shaw. Well, we get Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Um, in 2019, and in Japan, it's called Wild Space Super Combo. That is a better name. That's a dope title. <laughs> That's such a better name. That's such a dope title. And this movie, which we've all seen, is the first spinoff with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham's character Shaw in the um, previous movie. There's also a female center movie spinoff to be made eventually uh, with Ooh, Vin Diesel. Like what? They have a bunch of women in this yeah. series. You talking about this? They kind of do them all the time. Yeah. You have Michelle Rodriguez. You have Jodana Brewster. And you have... Um, Mia is barefoot I can't... Or like barefoot in a mom. Uh, uh, she drives a car sometimes. In not... Uh, <laughs> how much was Gal Gadot in this thing when she like she got thrown off of a plane oh well well in this series she might have lived um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah maybe I don't know we, I didn't. I never saw a body did you see a body Honk is still come back who knows I saw a crank 2 the preview <laughs> <laughs> I saw a crank 1 and then they made crank 2 that's a better saying okay. I personally don't think that this series also, the the, the Brazilian chick in the fifth movie uh, <laughs> the Brazilian chick Jesus Christ <laughs> Letty the Brazilian chick and Mia with her kid and Gina whatever her, Gina Carano she was pretty she's pretty badass Second. I don't know that leads into like some stuff we'll talk about later but yes <laughs> I'm, I imagine Letty's gonna be in it but anyway like I was saying Diesel and uh, Chris Morgan, who's been producer for like ever, and they they have three women screenwriters: Nicole Perlman, who was a writer on Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel, and um, Deadpool; Lindsay Beer, who I couldn't find anything on, and Genevieve Gen, Genev, Geneva Robertson Dwart, who was a writer for Tomb Raider. 2018 and Captain Marvel as well. So, oh, bringing man. on. Hey, there's going to be some fighting in women empowerment in that movie, I'm sure. Oh, gosh. We still know that they stand up. <laughs> and can Michelle Rodriguez stand up? Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> so, we also have future movies that we already know. Uh, so that spinoff, we don't really know other than who's going to be on it, like when it's going to be released. But the future movies that we do know that are going to be released are Fast and Furious 9. Don't know the Japanese title yet. 
to be released in May twenty May twenty second, twenty twenty. Justin Lin's returning for, to direct the movie. Um, John Cena apparently is going to be in it, but The Rock is not going to be in this one. Because he has his own franchise uh, now. Because he has his own franchise, <laughs> basically. Uh, I personally have already pitched what I think should happen in the seventh movie, a.k.a. Fast and Furious Cloud Nine. Um, and you can find that in episode 50. You know that's sixty episodes ago. Yeah, sixty episodes ago. I don't know. We can we can insert we can insert we can insert my plot right here if we want. Um, but I think it's a great movie. It involves them going down in World War Three. It's 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 a big it's a big thing. It'll be great. Uh, then there's an untitled Fast and Furious Ten in April second, um, in April twenty twenty one. And there's also the animated show that's supposed to be released later this year, Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Bye, hey, the, tra- the, the trailer looks pretty good, and I'm kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of. Oh, this is a trailer. It. I haven't seen the trailer yet. The protagonist of the series will be Tony Toretto, Dom's cousin. Um, and then he's supposed to be recruited by a government agency and him and his friends are going to take down some other things with cars, but animated wise or something. Uh, DreamWorks is DreamWorks. It's a DreamWorks production and the main producers, including Vin Diesel, um, have worked on it as well as the producer from the legendary Voltron, um, and all heel King Julian are also going to be on this. So just given like the kind of team that's there, I think it'll be, you know, an interesting watch. Maybe who knows? I, like I mean, people like Voltron. I liked all hail King Julian to that last season. I feel like they just gave up. And they yeah. Were like, oh, we and have to make one. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of like my, my thing with, uh, thinking of that because Voltron and all hail King Julian had not so great finishes. <laughs> and yeah. I'm telling you all worried hell- about this one. Oh, Hail King Julian, that last season, they were like, oh, man, they made us do one more season, We just and they just mailed in that whole thing. I was like, oh, man, this guy. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I have not seen either one of those shows, so... All yeah, Hail King Julian's really good. I would recommend it. Um, the last season is rough, and they definitely just mailed it in, but the first, I think it's five seasons are pretty good. Okay. Yeah, Voltron's pretty good. The last, like, couple episodes are like, um... Do we have to go that way? But overall, pretty good. So from the production history, like there's like more stuff going on behind the scenes when you talk about the production history. So the money flow isn't stopping, but like breaking up the cast might be going on. So Michelle Rodriguez has almost quit the franchise multiple times, um, which is a big deal considering like we talked about, she's the only... I mean, I don't. I think there's more than one She's, woman, okay, but no, like, there are more than, okay. she is the only. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. When Mia's not pregnant. So did she's Mia? Not, get she's not even there. Wait, she's gone. So, so time out. Does Mia like basically? Mia's basically tied to Paul Walker, and then sadly, when Paul Walker basically gone, that means Mia's gone. Yeah, correct. Yes. Well, I. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I didn't see the other four in between that, so I didn't know. Like I said, I, I remember her in the first movie. I She wasn't in the second one. We had Eva Mendez. And then 
Oh yeah, movie. yeah. For, Eva, Eva Mendes can come back oh, for that movie. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, so during the making of the first movie, Rodriguez expressed um, that Letty's arc, like she was just like, "What? Why would they do that?" Because uh, apparently in the original thing, John or she was supposed to cheat on Dom with Brian. Uh, my whole po- and she said my whole point in being an actress is that I thought that I got to live the dream. I don't dream of being a slut. Do you exacerbated language? She said, um, I'm not sure why that was in the script or if like Vin Diesel had anything to do with like taking that out of the script, but yeah, that's kind of, that's pretty bad. Which I mean, like, I think it also makes sense. Like I don't like her language there so much, but I think ultimately like when it comes to like roles that Michelle has Rodriguez has taken, she's taken roles very deliberately in the same way. I mean, cause like people choose what they do. Like she's tried really hard to only take roles that I, she either identifies with the character with or is going to push her, which is why she was like a completely different character in widows when she took that. But she like, that the reason we know her as a tough girl is because of the the roles that she's chosen, um, since girl's life. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think and I think that we talked about this in the last episode that like yeah, I mean there are like times where she doesn't say probably the most correct things about <laughs> about the things. The essence of what she's but, saying is right, but that girl does not have the words to articulate it. Yeah, uh, but like what she says does work because even. In the female-centered movie, is thought to be due like largely in part to Michelle Rodriguez openly asking the franchise to do better for the women of the series on Instagram after the release of Fate of the Furious. So she was like very open that she wanted the franchise to do better for women, even after you know the 1.2 billion dollar success of Fate of the Furious. And then she was mulling over whether or not she was even going to return for the ninth movie, and she said. Um, I, she said back in February of this year, I don't know if I'm coming back. I've read the script first. Once I read the script, I'll know. Or once I read the script, I'll know. Uh, when I read the script, when I read the script, I hope that it's inclusive. Then I'll agree to come back or not. My energy is completely directed towards the feminine right now and supporting women. I spent most of my life shooting guns and hanging out with the boys and watching them scratch their balls and uh, smelling protein mixed farts. And now I'm feeling the poetry and the beauty and the sensuality of women and the power we bring together. So we need to show more love to the women. I don't know which direction it's going, it's going to go, but I know that um, I'm headed in that direction and we'll see if that matches. She does. She is going to be in the ninth movie. So maybe some stuff did happen there. And she basically signed on immediately after they added a female writer to the ninth movie. So again, I don't like the way she articulated that, but she's at least, like, I think that it's okay for her to acknowledge, like, yeah, I know what I've made my career on, but I'm kind of moving towards this other thing. And I, I honestly feel like she also probably signed on after doing Widows, where it kind of gave her that. But, I mean, I will be the first to say that I don't expect the Fast and the Furious to have a lot of women or be great with women and that's kind of okay because that's not what the films are about. It's about big guns and big muscles and it's like Rambo but with cars and heists. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it would make more sense for her to leave. Honestly. 
like to stick to that piece and just be like, yeah, I'm not really with this anymore. You, you know, there's these guys. But I do think it's cool that Vin Diesel's like actually listening to her at least. Like, I think that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's, I guess that, that's what it seems like. Um, I mean, we don't have any trailer or anything like that to kind of see like why she signed on. But I know that it was like a big thing that I think in March or like April, like almost immediately after she said this in an interview, they added on a female writer and then she agreed to come on. Yeah. So, and then we have The Rock versus Vin Diesel. Which isn't as bad as like the Rock versus Tyree stuff that we'll get into a little bit later, but there's definitely like some Rocky stuff, some Rocky <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> hey, <it's a> <laughs> uh, so the fifth movie, and we'll kind of go like by like movies on like where this beat starts, beef starts, but it really starts in the fifth movie where Vin Diesel didn't want to lose any fights to the Rock. Um, well, he didn't want to lose any fights, period. But like, if it's The Rock, like you kind of don't want to lose any fights there. And he actually beats The Rock in that one fight where he almost hits him with the the wrench, which is like reminiscent of him, you know, beating the guy, well, that one guy to death like all those years ago. Uh, I do want to um, say we're gonna say it doesn't make sense that Michelle Rodriguez would beat Ronda Rousey. I also feel like I need to say that it does not make sense that Vin Diesel would beat The Rock. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's like something. Yeah, and then I. Don't know how true this is, but I was listening to another podcast when they were reviewing uh, Hobbs and Shaw, and uh, they were talking about how a really big story broke out about the contracts between how much, uh, uh, how much actual like damage or like how much like the characters would be willing to take in terms of punching and fighting and stuff, and uh, apparently, uh, I don't know how true this is, but. Uh, and Diesel's sister actually does work behind the scenes in the production, and she'll step in any time that uh, that she sees that her brother is taking too many punches or that they're making him look like a wimp or weaker, I guess, in a sense. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So like, wow. Yeah, I think I read that too. Yeah, it it got published in a few places, um, and I did look because you said Michelle Rodriguez has one. Michelle Rodriguez doesn't have contract on that. As much as I can tell, it's mainly Vin Diesel, The Rock, and Statham. And Statham has had it, like, his entire career. And they essentially treat it like karate tournaments in that they have point systems assigned to where you get hit and how you get hit. And the points always have to outweigh each other. For, like, yeah, and it really throws the, obviously, like, the fight choreography into some crazy situations um from from what i read it as well uh but like this kind of you know macho shit like starts in the fifth movie because really before this like no one really fights the rock or fights vin diesel's character oh, yeah oh. like ever i mean in the first movie like he literally uh you know he's in my face you know i'm in your face like that is basically like the most that we get really oh he, oh he punches the he punches the the asian guy too but you kind of just know, like, and that's that's Dom. You don't mess with Dom. And the Rock coming in kind of throws it off a little bit. That's interesting. And what? And then one of the big things is after the sixth movie, The Rock took credit uh, for being franchise Viagra and single-handedly reigniting mm -hmm. the franchise um, on SNL. 
which Vin Diesel obviously doesn't like, right? Because he's the one behind the scenes, like, bringing the series together. But he had, like, a whole monologue on it, on how he, like, his franchise Viagra. He actually said that? Yeah. Oh, God. That's crazy. And as a result, I mean, I don't know if this is, like, as a result, but if you remember, in the seventh movie, The Rock spends most yes. of the movie in a hospital bed. <laughs> And isn't really in the <laughs> seventh movie that much, except for at the end when he fucks out of a cast and shoots down a helicopter with a machine gun. But other than that, he's basically in bed, like chilling with his daughter, basically that entire movie. I don't know if that's like a, I don't know if he doesn't like that, but it seems like when you like talk shit, you might get thrown in the hospital bed. Um, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it kind of does make sense to me. The, but even bigger in the eighth movie, so the fate of the furious. Marketing was predicted on a or was like predicated on a simple hook. Like, there's no more family. Dom went rogue, and it was up to Hobbs and Hobbs and the rest of the family to take him down. It was basically The Rock versus Vin Diesel round two, <laughs> um, and then again, 1.2 billion dollars later, you know, people loved it. Yeah. However, have you noticed that The Rock and Vin Diesel don't share a single scene together? So, like, the word on the street was that production. The word on the street, you know, because the street always wins. Um, that production of the movie was troubled, and then The Rock basically, like, this is, like, kind of the start of the whole Instagram thing where he was calling, like, his male stars candy asses, oh, yeah. and it was, like, linked oh, that right. that Vin Diesel was, like, the candy ass in, in mention. Uh, but, like, this was, like, the start. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's happened before, but, like, there was, like, talk of how The Rock would show up late to set, and, like, he was just being, like, a prima donna, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but then he started calling them candy asses on Instagram. <laughs> and then in the ninth movie, apparent, apparently things are patched up from what we have seen. Uh, however, you know, pushing back the release date of the ninth movie to accommodate Hobbs and Shaw doesn't sit well with one man, Tyrese. So I had like a bunch of Tyrese's posts on these show notes because I just wanted to like read them. <laughs> Because uh, even though like the the Rock and Tyrese have like gone back and forth on Instagram, well, mostly like Tyrese going at the Rock and the Rock kind of answering sometimes. Um, a lot of both of them have kind of like deleted a lot of these posts, but the internet doesn't forget, and you can still go find like all of this stuff any, anywhere. Again, it's basically like a Instagram beef that kind of starts with the whole you know candy asses thing. Um, you can still find them, but most recently Tyrese posted on Instagram basically after the Hobbs and Shaw thing, because it didn't open to, like, a crazy box office, box office amount of, like, uh, you know, the 6th and 7th. Didn't it open for, like, a hundred and something million? No, it's still million. open. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it had a big opening weekend, but it's, it's I don't think it's going to make $1.2 billion, I think is, like, what he's trying to get at here. Maybe, I don't know. He's He's angry about stuff. So he said on Instagram, <laughs> I have to show my respect for one thing. He tried. Folks called me a hater. Attack me for speaking out. Breaking up the family clearly doesn't have this, the value that one would assume it does. The caption gets cut out, uh, but the rest of it is there. Um, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, the Rock and crew will come to dance with us again for Fast 10. We can all hug it out and get back to giving the true fans who have supported this franchise for 20 years what they want. Not hating. I'm just pointing out the facts. Um, yeah, and then he continued to say, like, Fast Family has more value than uh, more value as the Fast Family and not just like The Rock. 
which yeah and there's that one time when like they asked uh the rock if he's listened to tyrese's new album and he's like i've never listened to that shit and yeah <laughs> that's kind of where we're at in this whole b thing <laughs> um and then like earlier this year or last year he was asked like on an interview and he was just like i don't know man a beef kind of has to go both ways and i kind of just like don't talk to the guy yeah nobody cares what tyrese has to say yeah exactly no one cares see I mean, but like... my point in this is when like multiple people are like annoyed with like the shit you do like maybe like the rock also isn't like the best person in the world either I don't care if the Rock's the best person, but Tyrese, nobody cares that Tyrese exists in this franchise. Tyrese Lucido, cuz. Yeah, that was, what, 20 (laughs) years ago? Guess what? You're still riding that off in Baby Boy. That's about it. (laughs) Baby Boy. We know you're broke. We know you don't need anything. You need this franchise 10 times more than The Rock does, and we already know that. Yeah, 100%. You need that $1.2 billion because you have have $1.2 dollars. Like, <laughs> like I just I get it and I know it and I don't mind the Vin Diesel yeah, stuff because Vin Diesel's baby and everything. I don't care. <laughs> Nobody cares about Tyrese. Like yeah. Vin Diesel, this has been his baby. He's put a lot of work into it. I can see him getting mad at the rock, and that's perfectly fine. But nobody cares about Tyrese. Like Roman Pierce. I forgot what the hell his name was. Yeah, you got it, Roman Pierce. There we go. You played in a movie with Eva Mendez, and we remember that more in Ejecto Cito, and that's about all we remember from you. Ejecto Cito. <laughs> Can we clip that? Um, yeah. Again, like, I... It's... it's. I think that they... I think Tyrese and Vin Diesel have, like, similar arguments, Like, but Vin Diesel also just isn't on Instagram, like, talking shit yeah, about that's what, The I Rock. Think that, I think that's the difference, oh. right? He does it more subtly of, like... We're going to be adding to the family because family matters for everything. Hello, John Cena. Uh, like that kind of like. I mean, <laughs> but I'm. Oh, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, like, the fact that at least, uh, like, Tyrese is that person. Tyrese is the person with three followers who just ats everybody but nobody ever engages <laughs> with, but you know that they're real angry anyway. That's what Tyrese looks yeah. like. <laughs> versus, <laughs> like, Vin Diesel with, like, Matt said, like, he started this. Now, to your point, Adrian, I really feel like The Rock is probably J-Lo levels of diva on set. So. Well, everything I've gotten from Vin Diesel, he's probably up there on that level, too, at this point. That's fair. <laughs> but, but from these notes. Like, like, Vin Diesel... That's his franchise, so he can be that way. Well, technically it's not. The Riddick one is. Universal gave him that okay. one. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just keep thinking of the stuff between Tyrese, Michelle Rodriguez. Like, they're making $1.2 billion, and it's not because either one of you. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get it, but I'm like, you two can be out of the movie, and we're still going to make... A billion dollars because I don't even yeah. know what they did. It could just be like Michelle Rodriguez it, it is probably just... more integral to the plot than Tyrese. Yeah, she... considering. Well, I guess at this point, like, I mean, how much more? Like, what, two percent to four percent? I mean, her, you know, her death is like the premise of like the fourth movie, and then the sixth movie is basically yeah, her we... coming back. Uh, like Tyrese is just like, 
He's there. He's just there. He's I mean, there Ludacris for... is better than Tyrese in this point, and Ludacris started out as just a guy with a computer. Ludacris' character is better. Tej is dope. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I mean Tyrese at the end of the day is like just there for like the one-liners and for the Rock to yell insults at, <laughs> which are probably more <laughs> real than they should be. But you know, right, 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 because it was in the sixth film, right? That like the Rock. Like blatantly took a jab at yeah. Tyrese, and it was like completely unscripted. Yeah, and then everyone was just like laughing on set. Yeah, but Tyrese probably real heard about it. Um, yeah, but now, I mean, and like I said, like Hobbs and Shaw's like doing well, but when you open up to like sixty, I think it's like sixty million. I think it's opening weekend, and like Fate of the Furious, and I'm pretty sure Furious. Be, it, it had to be more seven, than sixty million though, because if they're at four hundred million already, it's only been out for two weeks. There, hold on, let me pull up. Hey. Well, they're at three hundred and thirty-two million, with a hundred million of that being domestic, and its opening weekend was sixty million compared to the hundred and forty-seven million opening weekend of Fate of the Fury or Furious Seven, and the nine hundred or the ninety-eight million opening of Fate of the Furious. So, not the same kind of financial success, at least at the moment. Yeah. Um, and the foreign numbers aren't even that big of a discrepancy like the other movies are, so I don't think it's going to be the huge success that the other two were, which is, I guess, too... So how much money do we say this movie has to make to be a success, then? Because, I mean, to be fair, as much I mean, as we yeah. are saying this, these are two characters they kind of introduce that nobody... Million, so it needs to make $600 million to be qualified as a blockbuster success. Triple. I think it'll make $600 no, million. No, no, I, yeah. I, I get that. I'm talking about. I think it will actually make 600 million. Yeah, I think it, I think it can make 600 million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would be. I guess. I guess to me it's just weird. One, just because like, I don't know. It's just so weird because like I still feel like obviously 600 million is still a lot. It's still less than what I think it would be. But for being oh shit. Sorry. Okay, but no. Um, being 600 million in general is still like. I mean, it's literally a spinoff movie with, like, two characters who not even, like, main characters and it still make, like, even $600 million, I think it's impressive. It has The Rock. I know, but we're also talking about if we are based on everything. Well, okay, put it this way. You think if we put Tyrese in a no, movie no, no, no. with putting know, Fast and the Furious? I'm saying, like, The Rock is known even for his shitty movies to make a lot of money because he's The Rock. Yeah, but I mean... Here we are. I don't know. Even if it makes six hundred million, it's still half of what the other movie made. Yeah. So, who knows? And he's not going to be in the ninth one, which is kind of weird. Um, considering like he was like a pseudo, you know, part of the family. So, but then, like, light spoilers for Hobbs and Shaw because I guess they showed the stuff in the trailer. But like, he's like he has his own kind of family thing going on with his family again another actual family member of his Roman Reigns in that movie. So another wrestler thing. All right. Yeah, I think I, so I do have a question when he was announced for not being in fat in the, in the ninth fast and the furious movie, they still haven't confirmed that there will be another Hobbs and Shaw movie, right? Yeah. Um, from what I can see, I mean, unless like they've announced something recently, I don't think they've done anything for the next spinoff. So the only spinoffs that I know about are the ones that I talked okay. about. So essentially he's just pretty much axed out of the fair or not axed out, but like he's 
not in the franchise, essentially. He's For the ninth the universe. Movie. Yeah, he's in the universe. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Like he might come from back to the tenth, who knows? Um, I imagine he would come back for the tenth, like if Hobbs and Shaw doesn't make its gains like it should. Okay. Um So it's kinda like a backdoor TV pilot. Like that's what that's what that spin-off movie is. You do it to test. You probably won't lose that much money. But Well yeah, I mean like that that's like Tyrese's thing, right? Like, oh like you don't care about the franchise, you just wanna go like do a spin-off and like hope you yeah. do your thing and then have like the Hobbs and Shaw show. Okay. Which at this point who knows? I mean, if it makes six hundred million, I'm sure they'll probably give him another one. But I don't know. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah, the fact. I also think it's also interesting that like the fact that a rock movie is kind of like in in question as to whether or not it'll get another one is is really interesting. Given that's really all, really all I got. I just wanted to talk about like the production history to kind of see that the transition from just racing was intentional. Um, but, you know, Vin Diesel always just tried to keep the, no matter like if they're robbing houses or 18 wheelers or if they're jumping, you know, Ferraris through buildings in India, it's all about the family at the end of the day. And I think it even bleeds over a little bit into Hobbs and Shaw, like that movie's basically like, you know, them rekindling family stuff. So I think the spirit is still there and no matter which way they go, um, we'll see what happens. And then all this old, other drama stuff, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Uh, with the ninth movie, yeah, and even if they do get a spinoff for Hobbs and Shaw, and I hope that the female-centered one is good. I guess. I mean, I'm gonna go see it. Mm. But yeah, that's that's all I got. Uh, final thoughts, um, Matt. You want to go first? People are gonna go see this movie. I'm sorry for those people. No. Um... <sighs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I see. I still enjoy the first one. I enjoyed when it was kind of about the cars and we did whatever. I know people, obviously, Nico explained why he's here, of why they keep adding people. Um, as long as they're going to make money, you know, they're just going to keep pumping into it because um, that's all we do today's movies, whether it is The Rock or whether it is uh, Fast and the Furious or it's any other type of franchise. That's just what we're going to do. They will ride this until they can't ride it anymore, and then they'll probably dump it. But, I mean... I guess we'll be interested. I'm just here for like the, the Instagram fights, even though it's still weird that people fight on Instagram of all places. But like, <laughs> sure, um, I'm sure we can get another video of Tyrese crying sometime. I forgot about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, people people like it. People still show up, so they're gonna keep making them. Uh, what about you, Nico? Um, well. I mean, I don't know. I, I've had my own conflicts with this sort of, uh, with all these films and series. I'm kind of glad that they sort of like distanced themselves from car culture and it just became just like a, like a really overly ridiculous action films. Uh, and yeah, and the only reason I'm probably going to go see Fast 9 is because of John Cena. If he wasn't in it or if another... <laughs> actor that I seemingly liked wasn't in it probably wouldn't care give us, <laughs> give us all of the WWE universe <laughs> I mean I wouldn't be surprised if by like five years from now it's just like a whole bunch of them are just in there but who knows yeah. <gasps> Adrian what if Stone Cold Steve Austin came in the Fast and Furious franchise <laughs> Bring back American I'm not ma- 
I'm not. Oh my god! Wait, that's actually like a right? perfect tagline. I'm. I'm gonna go yeah. write it right now. I'm gonna go write it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta go redo my Fast and the Furious nine pitch to include John Cena in it. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> and you should also work in and, Stone Cold. Yeah, and like you know, transition into like tenth movie, having Stone Cold. Like, I don't know. He beats the shit out of the Rock or something. I don't know. It's it, it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Just universal. I'll holla at you, boy. And what could you say? Uh, what about you, Kate? Really you got some final thoughts? Bad. I just really liked Tokyo Drift, and I like the way The Rock looks, and I like the way Jason Statham fights. So that's why I really wanted to see Hobbs and Shaw. Um, I also just like really big action movies, so I'll probably watch the ninth one. Um, it does intrigue me that Michelle Rodriguez signed on, but I'm also just kind of like uh this might get interpreted the wrong way but like there are moments where franchises aren't for you and i just don't think that like the way the fast and the furious franchise has been set up it hasn't it hasn't completely disrespected its female characters in the way other actions movies have like it's actually been fairly good i mean they just have a revolving door of them but it's not necessarily awful um so just i mean kudos to her for fighting for more more stuff but at the same time i'm just kind of like i expect big dudes hitting each other with big things and cars so <laughs> i am not too interested in a female-centered one but we'll see um and i actually what 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 would you want it to be titled what the like what would like the title fast i can't even think fast like what would like a female-centered fat the fa fast and furious presents oh yeah Fast and the Furious presents, I don't know, <laughs> Letty trying to find more women to be in this franchise for more than a movie. <laughs> it's, she literally goes back and finds every, like, even the, the uh, in, in Too Fast, Too Furious, uh, Yuki, she, she gets a Yuki, Yuki from going. Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> <laughs> It is just Letty discovering time travel and going back and collecting all of the women from the previous movie. <laughs> it's the end. It's end game, but with uh, Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> getting everybody. Are the Infinity Stones? Yeah, so hard. Um, yeah, I thought Hobbs and Shaw was fun, so go watch it. That's, that's all I got. And I'm go. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw is fun. Um, yeah, like it. It's what you expect. Idris always great. They have a bunch of cool cameos in it from okay, people that so I didn't I expect to ever be in this franchise. Uh, spoiler for Hobbs and Shaw, so you can stop listening to us now if that's what you want to do. But I'm tired of Idris Elba dying and getting shitted on in his movies. That man deserves so much more. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big disappointment. And I kind of figured that they would find a way to somehow like bring him on back to the team since that's what basically the Fast and Furious franchises now, bringing back old villains and somehow being redeemed, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to say I, that. I just thought in the same realm of spoilers... Wait, what? What? Fine, Reynolds was great in that movie. Like, I never thought that would ever happen in a million years. Like, you could have given me Ryan like a list... Ryan Reynolds! Oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. You could have given me like a list of actors who were going to be in this franchise, and Ryan Reynolds was not going to be on that list. So good. What? Oh yeah, was Kevin Hart Hart on that list? No. Kevin Hart. I would have put him on that list just because of his relationship with The Rock, but I didn't think like it's too short to be what? on that list. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> 
we you couldn't restart a whole another debate. You couldn't reach yeah. the sign up sheet. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. It kind of makes sense that he's in it though, because if you look like at the the reason why why you know, we talked about this in our our the rock episode in the movie he wears like that shirt with a seven on it, yeah. you know, for seven bucks productions. And they helped make this movie. So I'm sure that The Rock was just like calling up all his friends who wanted to be in the movie. And I'm pretty sure Kevin Hart as a fucking flight marshal uh, came up on that list. But that's all I got. Yeah. Let's, let's get out of here. I'm going to go watch Hot and Shaw again. See you later. Uh, again, thank you, Nico, for being on this episode. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nico uh, the Or, where I talk about wrestling, uh, and post my articles, and some other nonsensical crap that I decide to put. Where, do you, where are these articles housed? Oh, right, uh, they're on the beautiful uh, website known as the uh, Why Though uh, website that uh, <laughs> these wonderful people have decided to invite me on, and I write stuff, and yeah. I could have probably said that a lot better, but <laughs> it's okay. It'll work. That works. <laughs> um, as always, if you want to support us a little more, head on over to patreon.com slash PC. You get access to our research notes and exclusive episodes, as well as episodes earlier and ad-free. And you can find me at OmemethRandier on Twitter. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReeks93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. I'm just going to go look up Mission Impossible uh, titles from Japan and see how amazing and better those are.